Sometimes I feel my heart swell and get ready to just burst with the thought of this, what do you call it, a bridge, Jelana, that I won't bow down to idols. That is, that is my heart's cry. Christ be magnified in me. We have been in this series for the last three weeks, and we're closing it out now, King to Cradle, the Unimaginable Journey. Uh, We started out in the first week, my brother Sean unpacked Luke 2, looking at how Christ was born, and then the next week, John 1, and then last week, we're in Matthew 1, and we had the joy of gathering together as a family out at North Shore uh, on Eve Eve, and we uh, teased out a little bit more of Luke 2, looking at how Christ went from the cradle to the cross And now what I pray that we're able to do in the short amount of time we have together is take a 30,000-foot view to see the full message of the good news of great joy. And that as we look and see what Christ has done and what he promises to do, that that would compel us to do what Christ has done because of what we believe he is going to do. So we'll start out in Matthew chapter 1. If you have your Bibles and you want to turn there, I'll be reading from verses 18 through 25. And then after that, we're going to do a survey of various passages in the New Testament to see the full message of this good news of great joy. Before we dive in, I ask that you join me in a word of prayer. Father, we are abundantly grateful that you would choose to use people to do a work in and through. And so, Lord, this is our heart's cry, that you would be magnified in us and through us. And as we take a look at your holy word, I pray that you would illuminate our minds and our hearts to be able to grasp the full message of this good news great joy, and that it would compel us to live in the example of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Matthew chapter 1, verses 18 through 25. Now, the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph... Before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife, 
but knew her not until she had given birth to a son. And he called his name Jesus. It's the word of God. The word of God is good all by itself. Like Joseph, many of us would have a hard time wrapping our mind around this news that Christ has been conceived. Joseph gets word that Mary, his betrothed, what we would call his engaged bride-to-be, was now with child. And the only reason why Joseph continued to go forward with the marriage was because an angel of the Lord came to let him know that the Christ has been conceived in Mary through the Holy Spirit. Here we see in the word of God, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. The creator conceived and birthed. And the question that many of us would wrestle with is why would the creator be conceived and then placed in a crib, a feeding trough for an animal. Well, the angel doesn't leave it up to our imagination. It says the reason that Jesus came, it's in his name. Verse 21, she will bear a son and you shall call his name Jesus, which means Yahweh saves. Yahweh is salvation. For he will save his people from their sins. He came to save his people from their sins. And this truth will cause us to have to wrestle with two realities. Our pain and Christ's payment. And that's what we see in 1 John chapter 1, starting at verse 8. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. And the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. Jesus came to save his people from their sins. So we have to embrace the reality that without Christ, we are sinners and we need to be saved. If that's not the case, then there was no reason for Jesus to come. But he came to save his people from their sins. So no matter how good you think you look, on your best day, you are a wretch undone without Christ. I know you're like, Michael, you need to get to the encouraging part fast. Don't tell people they're a wretch. You need Jesus. We need to hear that regularly before we start to smell ourselves and think that that actually doesn't smell too bad. This is the truth. That's the pain that we have to deal with. And the scriptures let us know in Romans that the wages of sin is death. Sin has a price, and it must be paid. And the scriptures let us know that Jesus came to pay that price. Chapter 2, 1 John. My little children, I'm writing these things to you so that you may not sin. But if anyone does sin... We have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. He is the propitiation for our sins, and not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. This word propitiation means the perfect payment 
Jesus is the perfect payment for the wages that sin requires. This is the good news of great joy. We were sinners, but the creator was conceived, and then he was placed in a crib. But because of love, he didn't stay in that crib. He was willing to go to the cross to make the payment for our sins so that we would not have to pay so that we would not have to perish. And that's why it's very important that we understand that without Christ, we understand where we are. Because then we might try to do it in and of our own strength. But we don't have to. Unto us, a Savior has been born. It's good news of great joy. Jesus would be willing with his sinless life to pay the price for our sinful lives. But that's not where the good news ends. Philippians chapter 2, verses 8 through 11. And being found in human form, he being Jesus, he humbled himself, conceived and birthed, by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God has highly exalted him, And bestowed on him the name that is above every name. So that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. He has a name that is above every name. He's the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Because Jesus was willing to die for our sins, to go to the cross, the scriptures let us know that he has now claimed his crown. He is the exalted king. So our creator was conceived, and then he was laid in a crib, and then he was put on a cross But he did not stay there. The Bible lets us know in three days he rose again with all power in his hand and he claimed his crown. And now at the name of Jesus, every knee would bow in heaven, earth, and under the earth and proclaim that Jesus Christ is Lord. This is good news of great joy. But that's not where the story ends. John Chapter 14, verses 1 through 3. This is Jesus speaking to his disciples. Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again. And will take you to myself, that where I am, you may be also. Jesus lets his disciples know, you don't have to be troubled in your heart. Because they were starting to wrap their minds around the fact that Jesus was going to go to the cross. And he comforts them to let them know that I will come back for you. I'm going to prepare a place for you. A place where there's no pain. A place where there's no tears. A place where there's no death. I'm going to prepare a place. And if I'm going to prepare a place for you, I guarantee you, I will return to get you. 
That's good news of great joy. The creator would be conceived and laid in a crib and he would go to the cross and then he would claim his crown and he would guarantee that I'm coming back to take you home. But that's not where the story ends. Second Peter chapter 3 verses 8 through 10. I have a mind to read all of chapter 3, but I'm going to read verses 8 through 10 for now. But do not overlook this one fact, beloved, that with the Lord one day is as a thousand years, and a thousand years as one day. The Lord is not slow to fulfill his promise, as some count slowness, but is patient toward you, not wishing that any should perish, but that all should reach repentance. But the day of the Lord will come like a thief, and then the heavens will pass away with a roar, and the heavenly bodies will be burned up and dissolved, and the earth and the works that are done on it will be exposed. There were some arguments that Peter was letting the church know uh, are not accurate. There were some people trying to say that Jesus wasn't coming back because it had been so long since he left. And Peter is making it very clear. Don't be mistaken. God is not delayed. He's gracious. We have a caring king. It's not his desire that any should perish, but that all might reach repentance. The Lord longs to see people come home. He told his disciples that there are sheep that are not yet in the fold. And so Jesus would not return just yet because he longs to see a lost person find their way back into the loving arms of the Savior of the whole world. This is good news of great joy. We have a creator who was conceived, placed in a crib, would go to the cross would claim his crown, would guarantee to come again, and then would communicate clearly that he's a caring king who wants to see the least and the lost come home. This is the full message of the good news of great joy, and it continues. If we understand this good news of great joy, it should dictate the way that we live. When we think about who God is and what he has done, for God so loved all mankind that he gave his only son. And now Jesus, our great example, we are to follow in his footsteps. A God who would be willing to empty himself and humble himself and become obedient to death, even death on a cross, so that you and I might have a right to the tree of life. What do we do with this good news of great joy? If you've tasted and seen, then you have to go and tell somebody else. We cannot keep it to ourselves. The Lord did not come and do all that he did so that we can just wait it out and hopefully coast our way back into glory. I want to take a look here at Matthew 24. I wasn't sure if I was going to read it, so I didn't tab it, but I just feel it in my heart to 
to read this passage because this is the words of Jesus Christ to his disciples, letting them know what it looks like to be a servant of the Lord who has received this good news and is now living it out. Matthew 24, verses 36 through 51. But concerning that day, the guarantee of him coming back, an hour no one knows, not even the angels of heaven, nor the Son, but the Father only. For as were the days of Noah, so will be the coming of the Son of Man. For as in those days before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, until the day when Noah entered the ark. And they were unaware until the flood came and swept them all away. So will be the coming of the Son of Man. Then two men will be in the field. One will be taken and one left. Two women will be grinding at the mill. One will be taken and one left. Therefore, stay awake. For you do not know on what day your Lord is coming. But know this, that if the master of the house had known in what part of the night the thief was coming, he would have stayed awake and would not have let his house be broken into. Therefore, you also must be ready, for the Son of Man is coming at an hour you do not expect. Who then is the faithful and wise servant whom the master has set over his household to give them their food at the proper time? Blessed is that servant whom his master will find so doing when he comes. Truly, I say to you, he will set him over all his possessions. But if that wicked servant says to himself, my master is delayed and begins to beat his fellow servants and eats and drinks with drunkards, the master of that servant will come on a day when he does not expect him and at an hour he does not know and will cut him into pieces and put him with the hypocrites in that place. There will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Jesus is making it very clear he's coming back. And as his people, he expects to find us doing the work of the Father. Stay awake. You must be ready. Do not be lulled into a sleep to think that we're just going to coast into glory. No, if we believe and receive this good news of great joy, then we must stay at the ready. We can't allow the world to cause us to just start to become numb to the reality of what's to come. There is going to be a day, and for those who believe and receive, it's going to be a glorious day. But for those who do not, it's going to be a really bad day. And do we really want to just sit by and hope maybe that someone hears that good? Well, maybe someone else will tell them. No. If I believe the good news of great joy, that you don't have to make the payment for sin. It's been paid for you in full then I'm not going to watch you go off the cliff because I feel like it might be, oh, I'm going to be a little embarrassed if I tell them that Jesus loves them. 
I'd rather deal with a little bit of embarrassment telling somebody that Jesus loves them than to see somebody I love not make it into glory. So I share this good news of great joy. And that's the work that we need to continue doing. It's not about the things. It's not about the objects. It's not about the possessions. We are still here to let others know that there's good news of great joy. Your creator would be conceived, placed in a crib, go to the cross. He would claim his crown and guarantees coming back to get you. And he cares enough about you that he's not delaying his coming, but he's waiting up just a moment because he wants to make sure that you have ample time to respond rightly to this good news of great joy. Who will take the message to let somebody know that there's a God who cares enough to empty himself and die for their sins? I'm on that train. I want to be a part of that team. I want people to know that it's not in this life that you need to try to find peace. It's in Christ and Christ alone. You will find it nowhere else. You will find it in nothing else. Receive this good news of great joy and may our hearts be at ease and at peace knowing that while I may suffer in this life, a day is coming where every tear will be dried. Ah. Oh. Sometimes I just think about it, and I can't quite wrap my mind around it because I've suffered so much. But to think of a place where there's no pain, where the scriptures say that we wouldn't even need to see the sun because the glory of God shines bright. I don't want to keep that to myself. You can't keep that to yourself. Be ready. Be working. People need to hear this good news. And you know what? Yes, you're right. You don't deserve it. You deserve to make the full payment for sin. But that's the beauty of the good news. Is that God loves you so much that he would give you that which you do not deserve. Unmerited favor. His grace. And he would exchange it for himself. And not give you what you do deserve. Mercy. Don't come to God now and say, God, oh, I'm not worthy to. No. It's not on my merit. But his mercy, his grace. Do you believe that today? Do you believe this good news of great joy? Then don't start thinking so much about the presence that you may have gotten Yesterday or this month or that's to come, we've got a great gift. God gave us his son. And now Jesus says, go and share it with others. Go share it with others. Be that faithful servant. Make sure that Christ comes back and finds you doing the work of the Father to let others know that they're loved. Listen, there are a lot of people that come to mind. I really don't plan to say this every week, but I really, like, can we cut the feed for just a moment? Is that possible, like, to, to stop the live stream for just a second and then bring it back up? C can you do that, Eddie? Is it, is it kind of no? 
No? All right. You know, I, I just, I want to share transparently, but there's some people that I don't need this to go on the internet, so I'll censor it a little bit, but it's for the internet and the sake of the people that I care about. But there are people that come to mind. And I'm sure there are people that come to your mind as well. People that I would be willing to lay down my life for. So that they can see Jesus. But they don't know him. And they're going through their life thinking that everything's good because they have a job. And my heart's broken, so broken. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to say. And, and it's hard for me to have small talk. How's your day? I really don't care. And, I, and here my heart, like I, I, mean, I care about your day, but I, I really don't care that everything seems to be going in this life. Because it's better to go to heaven maimed than to go to hell whole. And so it's hard for me to really connect because I can't get past the fact that I know which way you're going and I want to tell you that Jesus is the only way. But if I tell you that, then, then that's going to create a divide and you're not going to talk to me anymore. So I find myself torn between these two thoughts here. Do I share and let them know or do I just kind of play it safe? And so I've lost some friends. I've lost some family. I've lost some children. Won't talk to me. Because... I keep wanting to share this good news of great joy. But because of what I believe, I would rather lose a friend and hope that the Lord would rescue their soul than to be comfortable trying to act like we're cool. But I know that you're not. You see, this family is what we're dealing with. This is what we're wrestling with. This, this hour is not a show. We don't come here to be entertained. We need to be fueled up because it's a fight. Every day, we go out into a world that's dark and broken, that needs to hear the good news of great joy. And we've allowed the idea of coexisting of just letting people do them to cause us to be like, I can't share. It's politically incorrect. Well, may I be politically incorrect, ostracized and ridiculed if it might mean that you'll hear the name that's above every other name. And if that costs me my job, then keep your job. I hope that you find Jesus. And it's not radical. It's biblical. It's what Jesus is willing to do. Lose his life so that you might gain life. We can't now try to save our life. We must lay it down and share this good news of great joy with those who don't know it. I won't reread the last part of Matthew, but if you were listening, it is not pretty. And the wild part is nobody has to experience that because the creator was conceived, placed in a crib, went to a cross, claimed his crown, is coming again, and is a caring king that wants to see more people come home.
We are his messengers. Do not forget why you're still here. We're still here because there's somebody else that God wants to know the good news of great joy. And just practically, I get it. You may not always be able to speak that word verbally, but you can make sure somebody sees that you have a good news of great joy. Someone once joked that they're the curmudgeon Christian. So there's no such thing. A Christian is filled with joy. And we need to let people see the smile on our face. Good morning. How are you today? Like, Michael, what are you so happy about? It's a pandemic. God still sits on the throne. Michael, what are you so happy about? You lost your job. Food, clothing, and shelter God's always provided. Michael, why do you have peace? Because he's coming back again. This, we can live that out. And somebody's going to see that and be compelled and drawn to that. Why are you so happy? Let me tell you about a man who saved my soul. A creator that was conceived, that was willing to be placed in a crib, that went to a cross, then claimed his crown and guaranteed that he's coming back for me. I want to share this good news of great joy with you. I want to invite uh, Bryce and Jelana to come back up to prepare to lead us in a song of praise. Before we do, I want us to, to consider prayerfully some people that we know. Think. Write their name down. Listen. Don't Give up hope. I feel to encourage us with this word. Do not give up hope. The creator loves deeply. Until the day the Lord calls me home, I will continue to call the names of these people before my father. It's the same thing my mother did for me. When I was running out in the world, doing everything, you all don't even know the half that I thought I was big and bad enough to do, she kept praying for me. Man, that blesses my soul. I love that woman. We are to do the same for somebody else. We can't give up. It's hard. It really is. These tears are tears of joy, but I cry many tears. Heartbreaking heartache. Keep crying, but keep calling out their name. If we know the good news, may we pray without ceasing for those who are far from Christ, because he hasn't come back yet. And as much as I want to go home right now, when I think of the people I love, that's good news. Lord, just give me a few more minutes. Not because I want to party on earth, but because I want my daughters to come home. 
them home, Jesus. spend a few minutes praying praying for those who don't know how to pray for themselves call their name let heaven hear we still have hope because we have a creator that cares cares enough to rescue and redeem and he would not value his own life above yours he would give his life for yours pray for your family members pray for your friends Fear not, for I bring you good news of great joy. For unto you this day is born in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Jesus, we are so grateful that you would leave heaven come to earth and that you would hang on a cross and make a payment that you didn't have to so that we didn't have to pay for our own sins thank you for this good news of great joy that you are the king of kings and the lord of lords and you're coming back to take us home and until that day Jesus of your return or you calling us home we pray for those sheep that are not yet of the fold use us to plant in water please give an increase rescue and redeem reconcile to yourself we have this great hope because we know you're no respect of person. If you could do it for us, you can do it for them as well. So with the joy in our hearts and the praise on our lips, we thank you for being born, 
for being crucified and for the guarantee to come again. Come, Jesus, rescue and redeem. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.